Well, my precious heart dwellers, it looks like we have another lesson in spiritual warfare for today because the Lord Jesus has asked me to share with you what I've learned as we have been under attack. May these lessons go deep and really stick in our hearts and may we be totally equipped and armed to take authority over everything the enemy throws at us. Amen. I've been unusually short-tempered lately, mostly because situations have dropped into my lap that are taking me away from you, and I've become very angry about that. But even if my anger is justified, it isn't right. It's judgment against others who've done to me what I realized I have done to others in the past. Rather, the Lord is calling for a response of patience and brotherly love. No matter how rebellious and disordered the author of it, confusion may be. It's not that I'm being foolish with my time, because I'm not. We're in a constant war over here, and I'm beginning to learn how to respond to it. So I'm going to share that with you. I want to tell you that attacks against us are going to ramp up. The Lord is warning us. So the solution is not to just wait out the storm and hope for better days. No, the solution is to take authority over those outside forces and demonic seeds of bitterness that are sent to enter our hearts and take root. Some people think that curses cannot land on Christians. Well, that's not our experience. This is what we see. If I am not walking in supernatural virtue charity, and patience. I may react in my flesh to something. Here are two examples. One was, as I had mentioned, an attack against my time and concentration for the channel. Curses are sent to us every single day, sometimes several times a day. I am finding out they hang in the air until I enable them by lack of virtue. So instead of brotherly love, Let's say I get angry. Well, that demon of anger with the seed of bitterness is now permitted to land, and the bitter seed that will grow to be quite large goes down into my heart. So the principle is that if you're cursed with anger and jealousy, you're safe until you get angry or jealous, (laughs) and then the curse can land. I became aware of these two negative feelings and repented of them, But it was already too late. It was a day later, and the seed of bitterness had already taken root in my heart. But from my understanding, if the very second you feel anger or jealousy or any other unrighteous fleshly emotion, if you don't repent immediately and ask the Lord to remove it, a day later is too late. Then you need special prayer to have it removed. And you know, in the past, I've seen many times where the Lord put me on a table and was doing surgery, and I never knew quite what that meant, but now I do know. So a curse was sent. I got angry. It landed. I was infected with demons of judgment, anger, impatience, frustration, bitterness, and the seed took root. Plus, the door was open for lots of nasty traffic. I have been delivered of those as well as the bitterness, 
but I feel like I'm in a shooting gallery, guys. I mean, it is bad. And what I'm going through right now is a foretaste of what we are all in for as things heat up. And the Lord continues to tell us things are going to get tougher. The major open door for curses is still lack of virtue, especially love, compassion, and humility. I love you all so much, and my heart is to feed you each day. But when I get hit with these distractions and fragmenting emotional bombs, I'm crippled and slowed down. But thanks be to God, we are going to use these for lessons on how to break these nasty snares. The enemy is doing us a favor. He's educating us. So immediately, when you perceive a wrong fleshly feeling in yourselves, literally, renounce them and ask the Lord to forgive you and to remove them. Remove the door they opened, the demon that's with the door and the seed. Be sure to forgive and pray for whoever set you off, as well as the practitioner that sent you that curse. Really, the best way is to drop to your knees in repentance in a private place and ask Holy Spirit to remove this nasty stuff. Trust and believe that He will, and then begin praying in tongues. He lives in you. He loves you. He doesn't want you to carry this poison. He will help you. Get a rhema to stand on as well. And for the Catholics who are listening in, you may also offer your communion to the Father, asking Him to break the curses, or have a special liturgy set to break the curses in your family. That is very powerful and moves on the heart of the Father to assist you. Situations where people cannot be delivered are when they're actively engaging in sin. You don't want to deliver a person unless they've repented and are ready to stop sinning, or the devils will be invited right back in the next time they sin and bring many more demons with them. And as the scripture says, the state of that soul will be worse than it was before they were delivered. And here's what the Bible says about that. Jesus said, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. That's in Matthew, starting at line 43. Notice the Lord said, that is how it will be with this wicked generation. But he did not say it would be this way with a repentant soul. They will be set free and filled with his spirit so that nothing evil may come back in. And you know, we may not be perfect in virtue, but if our heart is set on perfect virtue, if we are absolutely sold out to God that we want to be virtuous, then there's much more latitude that he has to work with us. It's the ones who don't really care that have a problem. 
and will have a continuing problem. It's when we sin that we open the doors. From the very first month I began on YouTube two years ago, I've been preaching virtue. Not many hits on that topic, but all kinds of hits on the rapture. Then I tried to explain, without virtue, what makes you think you'll be taken in the rapture? But no one wants to be told to reform their lives. Dear ones, you are going to be miserable if you don't work with Holy Spirit to clean up your life. You'll be under constant demonic oppression and be absolutely helpless to rid yourself and your families of them and their curses. Evil is on the rise. Witchcraft is on the rise. Demons are being multiplied and assigned all over the earth. Your only protection is to live a virtuous life under the blood of Jesus. Under the blood is not just a prayer or a catchword. Under the blood is a state of cleanliness and purity of soul that a repentant soul is restored to by the Lord's sacrifice on the cross. The Lord wants you clean and operating in gifts of the Spirit. He wants to use you to set others free. But first you must come under his loving gaze and have your sins and attitudes cleansed. If you are in ministry, depending on how far-reaching your influence is, you can be sure you will have curses sent to you every single day. Lord, did you have something to say at this point? He began, My people, you can no longer bury your heads in the sand and pretend that curses cannot touch you. You are very mistaken if you've fallen for that lie. I am now arming you for the onslaught of evil that is continuing to cover the earth. If you do not know how to protect yourself and your family, you will suffer unnecessarily. It is very simple. Sloth, the sin of laziness, not to cover yourself and your loved ones. I am indeed giving you tools to overcome the enemy with, but as Claire has stated so many times, a virtuous and charitable life is your very best protection. And when I say virtuous, I mean relationship with me, where you come to me and pray and you listen for the answer and you obey me. That's being in relationship with me. Yet no one is without sin. There's always a little unnoticed hole in the boat. Always a place where the water can sneak in. So it is with everyday life for all of humanity. The cultures of the earth have many sinful practices that you just take for granted as being okay. For instance, swimsuits are abhorrent to me because they incite lust and sexual impurity. But unless you are close to me and listening very carefully, you will offend many by wearing them in public. And it does open a door. You do not see these things unless you are very sensitive spiritually and willing to have your eyes opened. And I broke in at that point and I said, Lord, even Catherine Kuhlman wore a bathing suit. That always perplexed me. He continued, and she suffered for it as well, but as abhorrent and moral impurity is to me, slander, gossip, and evil speaking 
does even more damage, hurting many who are innocent. And one little negative word casts a slur on another and causes friendships to be suspended. I hate evil speaking. But rather than list all the offenses, I ask you, my dear ones, listen for Holy Spirit's opinion very, very carefully. He will warn you when you are about to sin. If you do all these things, your life will be much more calm and blessed than those around you who care not for the upkeep of their souls. And one more thing worthy of mention. There are some among you who have listened to these messages and felt me prompting you to give up a certain lifestyle, certain dishonest attitudes, certain scorn and contempt for my voice through my vessels. To you, I say, do not ask me why you come down with cancer or why there are so many sorrows in your family, divorce, and why you're financially oppressed and why you have quarrels with your spouse and children. I say all this in charity. You have heard my words. You have felt conviction way down deep in your soul. And you have brushed off my warnings in pleading with you. I did not put the cancer on you. I did not cause the divorce. I did not do these things to you, my precious ones. They happened because a door was opened. Perhaps bitterness and unforgiveness. They are a main entrance for the disease of cancer. If you scoff at my warnings... Why would you wonder why you've been afflicted? Do you not know that there is cause and effect? There are things in your life that are not pleasing to me, and you're not willing to change them. You don't listen to these words and take them seriously. Not because you doubt it is me. You may think that on the surface, but some quiet reflection and listening more closely will reveal to you the real issue. Very simply, it is that you love your sin and don't want anyone telling you what to do and you don't want to change. That is the true source of all of your afflictions. Yet I come to you as a loving father and say, please do not be afraid. I will help you. And all you have to do is simply pray. Lord, I am not willing to give these things up, but I am willing to be made willing. I commit them into your hands. And watch to see what will happen. I will change your heart. There are others among you who say you trust me and pray to me, yet you do not have a real relationship with me. You do not seek my opinion. You do not seek my answers to your problems. You just assume I will protect you even though you're not willing to change. That is true for a while in some circumstances, but not permanently. To you, I say, sorrow is coming. Troubles are coming. Difficulties and tragedies are coming. The further you roam from the safety of the sheepfold, under the guidance of the shepherd, the more you are stalked and eventually taken down by the wolves. 
I do not curse you. I bless you. But you go your own way with the blessing. And then it's stolen from you. And your life goes from bad to worse. Do you not see this is 100% your fault? Because you refuse to come under my protection. To trust that I am good. And I impose nothing bad on you. You still want to take life into your own hands. You still scorn my counsel and laugh at my prophets. I tell you the truth. They have been sent to help you. But because you rejected them and walked away off into the wilderness with no covering, I can do nothing but watch. You have free will and you have made your choice. I will suffer with you, and I will always be there when you cry out to me, Lord, help me. But then you must wait for my answer, and act on it, obey it, and it will go well with you. So I am not condemning you, dear ones. You are precious to me. I hold you to my heart when you know it not, and I weep over you. I beg you to come to me and reform your lives. But until you do, there is only one thing I can do, and that is to suffer with you. So do not be afraid to come to me and admit your weaknesses, your sins, your folly, your arrogance and ignorance of why you are oppressed. Don't be afraid. I do not condemn you. Rather, I will take you tenderly in my arms and ask you, Are you ready to trust me now? And if you answer yes, your life will begin to turn around. Do you trust me, child? Do you indeed trust me? Will you release your life into my hands? Or will you again go your own way until the next crisis? No matter what you choose, I will never abandon you. I will always answer your call. Please, please consider these things and answer my call. Oh, come to me. I do indeed wait for that day when you will truly trust me.